Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to the first episode of the Cap City Sports Cast. Uh, my name is Callahan Steed. I cover the McFarland Spartans, the Monona Grove Silver Eagles, the Deerfield Demons, and the Cambridge Blue Jays. And I am joined by my two uh, colleagues and guests on this as well, too. Ryan Gregory of the Sun Prairie Star, Waterloo Marshall Courier. Um, not not missing anything else, right? Nope, that's it for okay. me. Okay, and then also Peter Limbell. Uh, Lindblad as well too, um, DeForest Times, uh, Wanakee Tribune, Lodi Press, no, Poinette Press and Lodi Enterprise. Yes. We, ha- we cover a lot of teams <laughs> and also a lot of newspapers to remember. Um, so gentlemen, uh, Peter, I guess I'll start with you. How are we doing today? And uh, excited to have you on for this first, hopefully, actual episode of uh, the Cap City Sportscast. Uh, we did one last time. Um, and a uh, little bit of a trial run, but excited about this one. So, Peter, how you doing? Oh, great. I'm doing well. Uh, coming off a week of watching uh, Wanakee play DeForest, and it was probably the biggest game of the week. It, was, it lived up to the billing. Um, so, uh, yeah, whenever you want me to talk more about it, just give me the high side. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then Ryan, um, as well, too. Exciting week uh, as Sun Prairie East and Sun Prairie West um, starts off the years uh, with a new split in their school and just uh, how have things been going so far with you? Yeah, you know, the East and West split has been kind of the, the talk of the state this year with, uh, you know, one of the pre- premier programs in most of the sports splitting into into two different teams, dropping down a level in football. So it's uh, it's an interesting ride, but I'm, I'm excited to be part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, speaking of exciting rides, you know, we're excited to get this podcast officially underway. One of the things we had talked a little bit about last week, but we want to discuss again this week. One of the reasons why we're trying to get into the podcasting business is uh, another good way to highlight all the good athletes that we have uh, in the Dane County and, you know, other areas as well, too. Uh, that feel like we should give more love and sometimes we can't always do that in a newspaper or you know we're off covering so many different events and everything like that so it's a good way to kind of you know highlight some of their achievements and maybe something we can't put in so we're excited about it and so I think one of the things uh, I'm excited to talk about though Peter is obviously Wanakee to Forest when we had talked a little bit last week um, and we we're just kind of talking about how things were looking for the season to start. It seemed like, you know, these two teams were going to be neck and neck with each other and you get a non-conference uh, shootout basically to start off the year. So, yeah, you went to the game. Tell me about it. Yeah, it was a, a really good game. Um, maybe even a little bit better than expected. Um, Wanakee ended up winning 42-34 to on DeForest home turf. Um, started out like Wanakee was maybe going to pull away early. They got out to a 14 nothing lead. Uh, Mason Keys, who quarterback for DeForest, who threw like one interception last year, threw three in the game and threw a pick six to Shea Ducharme from Wanakee that made it 14-0. But Keys recovered and had a tremendous game. He threw for 314 yards, five touchdowns, was 25 of 35. On the other hand, he th- he did throw three interceptions. Um, like I said, he threw one uh, all last season. Um, he wasn't helped much by the running game. Um, Wanakee was able to shut down uh, DeForest non uh, all conference running back uh, Kale Drinka, holding him to 35 yards. Um, Coach Mack uh, of DeForest said that wasn't a-, a terrible thing because they gave him 15 carries 
and they kept hacking at it and hacking at it. So that was they were able to keep Wanakee's defense honest. So that helped the passing game. Uh, Brody Hartug was as good as advertised as well. That connection uh, was great for DeForest. Uh, Hartig had 12 catches for 190 yards and three touchdowns. Um, what was encouraging for DeForest was uh, their inexperienced defense held up after a tough first half. Um, they came back and held Wanakee to just two touchdowns in the second half and uh, got some uh, big stops when uh, Wanakee was driving uh, to try to extend the lead. Um, unfortunately, DeForest's offense got pinned back deep in their own territory on three consecutive series. They couldn't get any first downs, and they ended up having to punt the ball away, and Wanakee eventually cashed in um, a touchdown there. And they got up 42-34. DeForest had one more chance to, to drive for the tying score, um, but Danny Cotter uh, stepped in front of a Mason Keys pass and uh, brought it back um, uh, deep into DeForest territory. And, Wanakee ran out the clock. Uh, for Wanakee, I mean, they're ranked number one in Division II right now. Um, they had a balanced offense. as quarterback, Garrett Lindendorf. He threw for 197 yards and two touchdowns. Also ran for 23 yards and a TD. Um, yeah, they had a, a late first half drive that really took the wind out of DeForest's sails. Uh, DeForest had just scored to make it 21 to 13, but they drove uh, 69 yards um, in less than a minute. And uh, Every play was a running play, and Garrett Lenzendorf cashed it out, uh, in with a, with a running score. Um, David Emmerich uh, also threw a 38-yard touchdown pass, so he's going to be a little bit of an interesting option there. Um, he had five catches for 104 yards. Uh, Mitch Jarosinski, another wide receiver, caught three passes for 111 yards and two scores. On defense, Wanaki, as I said, picked off three passes. Um, the trio of uh, Cole Myers and Wade Bryant and Tommy Ramish uh, were mainly responsible for holding uh, DeForest's running game down. But uh, all in all, uh, I mean, uh, it, talking to Coach Rice a after the game of Wanakee, I mean, he's, he said he was, he was pleased with how um, Wanakee responded to DeForest really putting the pressure on them, said they had a lot of heart and, and staying in the fight. And on the other hand, Coach Mack was encouraged too that his young defense held up maybe a little better than expected. So uh, all in all, I, I, I guess uh, some good things <laughs> and some bad things all around for both teams. Yeah, you know, it's um, talking to coaches early in the season last year, a lot of them kind of bring up the point, you know, these non-conference games are a lot of fun. You get some rivalries going, but like at the end of the day, really doesn't matter because at the end of the day like you want to make that conference you know playoff push uh ryan uh heading to your teams was there any like really close games or it seemed like all oh, your teams were quite successful though but uh any like interesting things you saw uh you know overall the only close game was uh sun prairie west against madison east which uh i wouldn't say i expected i didn't i didn't expect the east to keep it close but you know they, they had a couple blown plays i think east scored on plays of 65 and 30 yards against what I thought was going to be Sun Prairie West's strength, which was defense. But, you know, they kind of never went away until the very end of the game when Bro uh, junior quarterback Brody Rhodes snuck one in, really put it out of reach for Madison East. But, um, you know, Sun Prairie East did what Sun Prairie East does. They held Monona Grove to 12 total yards of offense and, and scored five first-half passing touchdowns by way of North Dakota commit uh, Jerry Kaminsky. Yeah. Uh, spread the love out to two of his favorite targets, Connor Stoff and John Vandewall. We're going to see – a lot of those names coming up this season. And um, in the other neck of the woods, uh, two of my other teams I cover, Marshall and Waterloo, 
in a Warloo's game against Peck Argyle wasn't even close, 42-0. to zero. I mean, a real coming-out party for junior quarterback Cal Hush. Uh, I, I believe he had three touchdowns in that one. Yep, three touchdowns, 10 of 14, passing for 240 yards. I mean, the, the, the kid was stellar as a sophomore. He just continues to improve as a junior. And then and another great showing from a, from a Eastern Suburban Conference team in Marshall, uh, 42-20 over Johnson Creek. Uh, Matt, Matthew Modal, what, what else can I say about this kid? I mean, the, the, the guy has 238 yards on the ground, four touchdowns, three kick returns, 143 yards, another touchdown. He, he's my player of the week for everybody that I cover. Modal was fantastic this, this week for Marshall. And, you know, Marshall was only up one going into the half, held him scoreless in the second half, and put up all the points necessary to get that dub. So it was, a, you know, all four of my teams really, really impressed. And, you know, some, some of them had to work a little bit harder than others, but nothing but wins across the board for my guys this year, this week. Modal sounds like uh, one of those guys where it's basically like once you get the ball in his hands, he's basically dangerous every time he touches it. He is just a – a an absolute menace when it comes to like how hard he works out in the offseason the, the guy is built like a brick wall I mean no one's no one man is tackling him especially in the Eastern Suburban Conference so it's uh he's a nice little uh option for Matt Kleinites to be using with uh that, that Cardinals team yeah well I wish I had like a little bit more exciting things uh for you guys uh, to discuss um uh on a positive note Deerfield uh started off the year strong which I kind of figured last year they beat Dodgeland and with a lot of those guys coming back uh they again handled Dodgeland pretty solid Tommy Lee's probably my player of the week uh which is I think four touchdowns uh three of them to Stephen Bagley uh kind of a coming out party a guy that didn't have any touchdown receptions last year uh three catches three touchdowns so every time he touched it he scored which is pretty impressive and so good to see the demons start off uh with a W um McFarland played a very very close game against Mount Horeb a game that featured a lightning delay um it just basically about everything but mount horeb like basically a 98 yard drive uh to win the game uh tyler i believe it's buchner uh that's the one thing i worry about with starting up this podcast is having to figure out how to pronounce last names because for a <laughs> while i just kind of always just go, we'll go around it but i think i'm gonna have to learn uh this time but um <laughs> tyler buchner was one of the players up for the eloy uh or elroy crazy legs hirsch player of the year award for best running back McFarland had held I don't know if he got injured or something during the game but it was only like he only had two carries for like four yards something like that and so they basically shut him down the entire game but uh Buchner was the one to catch the game-winning touchdown pass with like 20 seconds left so you go in thinking like all right we limit this guy to one touchdown you know we're gonna win and uh you know they that's the one touchdown that they get and you know an absolute backbreaker for the Spartans but you know they put up a good fight uh, a lot of positives uh the, they ran the ball really good uh coach Ackley was very pleased about that and uh I'm excited to watch their uh tandem uh running backs maybe this year Travis Zadra had a really nice game on the ground over 100 yards and you know we'll have to see what happens when they get past their non-conference games but then uh Cambridge uh and Monona Grove are unfortunately both kind of blowouts I kind of figured though uh young team for both but going up against you know powerhouses so Monona Grove having to go up against Sun Prairie East is a mountain just itself um and it looked like you know it was kind of tough in the line of scrimmage for them like what you said earlier getting held to only so many yards for total offense it was very one-sided i expect silver eagles to bounce back though um and then also too for cambridge having to go up against belleville very senior heavy led team uh that returned some talent from last year 
I expected them kind of, you know, that youth and inexperienced uh, coach Mike uh, Klingbile had said, like, most of our guys, 90% of their roster had never played a varsity game up until that point. And so when you're going into Belleville, that's kind of a tough task. I, you know, expect both those schools to kind of recover after the season starts. But, um, yeah, just, uh, Peter, do you have any other, like, key performance from your other two schools in Lodi and Poinette that you want to give a shout-out yeah, to? Yeah, I, I, I forgot to, to mention uh, Poinette and uh, Lodi. Um, Poinette struggled uh, offensively in its first week going up a non-conference game against Cambria Friesland. Um, they, uh, they lost 16-8. Um, it was 8-8 tied through uh, till about 544 left in the game. Um, when uh, Cambria Friesland got the winning touchdown. Um, the Pumas were held to only 84 yards uh, of offense, trying to get their uh, spread offense going. Uh, they're, that's what they're switching to this year. I know Coach uh, Kalungi uh, said that they would struggle a bit uh, on, the, on the lines, and he said that's, that, that was the case this week. They really struggled to control the line of scrimmage. Um, so they really didn't do much uh, offensively, but they did have a good uh, defensive outing. Uh, Owen Brook uh, recorded 11 tackles, and Reggie Boss had nine. Um, they had a bad s- snap on a punt on the first series that resulted in a safety. So that was uh, that ended up uh, making a bit of a difference too. On the other hand, Lodi, who takes on McFarland next week, which should be interesting, they pretty much crushed uh, Martin Luther, 37 nothing. Um, Quarterback Mason Lane had a big game. Uh, he rushed for 103 yards on 11 carries. Um, Brady Pulls, uh, the coach's son, uh, racked up 100 yards as well. And they had they also had uh, Kyler Clemens, who got 74 yards. So they got three really good runners. And Lane also threw for 81 yards. Um, Keegan Fleischman, one of their most athletic players, uh, had two interceptions, took one back for a touchdown. Um, so he's going to be a player to watch this year as well. Yeah, good to see a Lodi uh, beat Martin Luther. I kind of have beef a little bit with Martin Luther High huh. School because I helped uh, cover uh, the, with the Jefferson Daily Union. I helped pitch in uh, and cover like uh, a quarter of their playoff game against Martin Luther. And so I went to the game and apparently I needed uh, to be on the media list to get in for free. And so I had to pay, I think, $6 to get huh. in. And so oh. I was like, all right, I hope Jefferson rolls against you guys. And so that uh, Jefferson, I think, ended up pulling off the upset. But then I went to McFarland's playoff game like right after that. But I was just like, oh, only for a quarter and I got to pay $6. I'm yep. like, That's that tough. sticks in your craw. Yeah. I mean, it, it's <laughs> unfortunately, you know, we're not, you know, big, you know, big money making uh, sports writers just <laughs> yeah. yet. So that $6 kind of a little bit tough. But uh, yeah, like you said, though, Lodi plays McFarland uh, week two. Just what are you guys kind of looking for for uh, as we get into the week two action? Uh, there's some good slate of games, I feel like, coming up here. I think that conversation definitely has to begin with Sun Prairie East against McGuanago coming up on Friday. I mean, the number one team in Division One against the number two team in Division Two. Not only that, it's a rematch of the WIAA Level 4 state semifinal from last year. If you guys will remember, that was a real slugfest between two really talented offenses. I mean, both teams deserved to get to Camp Randall, but only one could. And, you know, Sun Prairie made the plays defensively that needed too late to get that win. So, you know, McGuana goes coming back with revenge on their mind, but this time it's going to be at Bank of Sun Prairie Stadium. So East has the home field advantage, but they also have a roster that's essentially been cut in half. They still have a lot of the same weapons that was that they were working with last year. You know the names: Kaminsky, Legrant, uh, Van Wall. That good portions of that defense that helped sh- shut them down last year. And so, you know, McGuana goes pretty well reloaded, but 
I, I think it should be one of the, the premier games in the state this this week, and it's in our own backyard. Now, so Kaminsky, you had talked about, is going to North Dakota. Uh, I always find college recruiting just fascinating mm-hmm. and always like keep my eye on it. Uh, Cortez, I know, has gotten a couple offers. Has he decided anywhere yet, or is he still up in the air? No, I mean, he's, he's gotten offers from some, you know, FCS level and even, you know, higher level Division two things. But I, I expect that to heat up as he works his way through a senior campaign. I mean... Last last week alone, he was pretty pretty stellar. I mean, he rushed 18 times for 126 yards in the touchdown. Took his one catch on a railroad screen, 39 yards to the house. So he, he continues to show that he can get the job done. So I think his recruiting is going to continue to heat up. Yeah. So you've got some Prairie East versus McGuanago, a huge matchup. Peter, uh, what are you kind of keeping your eye on for week two? Well, uh, for Wanakee and DeForest, it doesn't get any easier this week for either team. Uh, DeForest has to travel to Kimberly, perennial power, um, after facing the top team in Division Two in the first week. Um, Kimberly has a, a great uh, linebacker, Ethan Doucette. Um, I know is one guy to watch out for. Um, I believe they also have a running back by the name of Blake Berry, um, who should be uh, tough to handle as well. Um, so that'll be another tough test for that young mm-hmm. defense. Um, and for Wanakee, uh, they got to go they, – well, they host uh, – they hold their home opener against Middleton this week, who's picked as the favorite to win the Big Eight. Um, sounded like uh, Middleton had about half their starters back on defense, and it seemed like that was going to be their strength – they played Bayport last week, who's ranked number three in Division One, and Bayport kind of ran all over them. Mm-hmm. They had 366 yards of, of run just on the ground. So um, I, I can't imagine they'll be too happy <laughs> about that. Yeah. I'm sure they'll be looking to stuff Wanakee a little bit, but that I mean that'll be a great contest. I, I'm sure. I, you know, I'd probably you know, both teams will you know use that as a measuring stick to figure out. Know, how good they're going to be going forward. Uh, I mean, both teams will be great probably, but um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's another great matchup. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to I'm going to be down on Friday in Cambridge uh, for Cambridge versus Deerfield, battle of the Highway mm-hmm. 12-18 rivalry. Anytime where you can uh, get on just a road and get you to your destination, that's an automatic rivalry game for me. <laughs> uh, and so I'm excited to see what's in store for that one. I'm, like I said earlier, I expect Cambridge to bounce back a little bit. You know, they've got some solid athletes uh, on their roster. You know, it's just you know, as they gain that experience, I expect them to improve throughout the year. But Deerfield uh, returns a bunch of key guys. And, you know, last year it was a 61-42 shootout. Uh, Cambridge running back Trey Colts had scored seven touchdowns that game, five on the ground, two on kick returns. Uh, but not to be outdone, I mean, Tommy Lease, I think, had five touchdowns, uh, three in the air, two on the ground. And so getting him back, uh, so far, you know, has helped the Deerfield offense. And, you know, I expect another fun game this week as well, too. And, you know, uh, Monona Grove versus Madison LaFollette is never a game that should be scoffed at, especially with the teams I, literally, I will scoff at it. <laughs> literally being like <laughs> under two miles away from each other, but, you know, being in, you know, different conferences. And mm-hmm. I think Madison LaFollette's Division One that could always be an interesting game. And, you know, McFarland Lodi, Lodi is going to be a tough battle for the Spartans, but. Spartans hung tough week one, and so, you know, I'm expecting it to be close game. You know, Lodi is an absolute powerhouse, but we'll have to see how that turns out. So we got about 19 minutes here so far in, and uh, I want to discuss, though, and this will mainly be, you know, a football-heavy podcast as we go through the fall season. 
But I do kind of want to give a love and shout out to some of our other sports that we have going on because, you know, there's more of the football and obviously each sport is unique in its own way. So, Ryan, I want to start with you. Uh, obviously, when I think of the split, you know, just some Prairie West, it's kind of fun. You always get to wait for that first game that they win or first meet that they win. But uh, just for some of the teams you want to highlight. Exactly. Yeah, when it's in late August, early September, the storylines kind of write themselves once, you know, insert team name here, wins first game in school history. So uh, I am I am taking that cop out in week one here, and I'm, I'm going with the Sun Prairie West Boys soccer team. Uh, a big 3-0 win over McFarland, which, you know, has been one of the better teams in, you know, th- this area's soccer scene recently. And so for a team to come in, you know, first game in history, get that kind of win like that. Uh, to be fair, West gets a lot of returning production from a team that finished second in the Big 8 last year, won a regional, and was – you know, a hair away from beating Arrowhead in the sectional. Uh, Riley Stevens, Tyler Hodges, both with, with goals in that one, Stevens specifically with two. Um, you know, I, Mike, Mike McIntosh is leading that program, and he is a, a name that soccer people around this area know, and he is uh, – I was so impressed by the way he runs his practices that he has a, a total buy-in from his program, and those kids are, are ready to go win soccer games right now, and I think that's kind of evidenced by them winning 3-0 over, over uh, McFarland on Tuesday. And so – that team gets my uh, my week one shout out. Absolutely, Peter. Uh, who do you got? Anyone in particular? I know a couple sports still have to start up, but you know. Yeah, um, the one I'm going to tonight, uh, DeForest Boys Soccer travels to Lodi. Um, I don't know much about Lodi. Uh, I know they had a zero zero tie against Stoughton to start off the season. Um, it appears that DeForest might be the favorite to win the conference title this year in the, in the Badger East. Uh, Wanakee did lose a lot. Um, and DeForest lost uh, their great goalkeeper, Philip McCloskey, to graduation. Uh, talking to the coach, he said there's three candidates to replace him. The thing with DeForest, though, is they might be able to score goals in bunches. Um, they have uh, Owen Kramer is back, who is a second-team uh, all-conference player last year, striker. Uh, he had 17 goals last year, um, and they've they've just got a, a ton of weapons, a ton of speed, um, really at all levels. So I, I think they're going to be really fun to watch. Um, and uh, just as far as maybe uh, other teams, um, just uh, Wanakee Girls Golf is going to be really good this year. Uh, they've got Izzy Stricker, and if you recognize that last name she is the daughter of steve stricker and uh she shot an even par uh this last week uh at the lake windsor country club in wanakee's uh dual meet victory over deforest um so uh she's off to a roaring start uh jordan shiprock is kind of uh uh, if there's a uh, Robin to her Batman, or if the, they kind of switch spots, but uh, they're both really good, and uh, so um, they should lead uh, Wanakee pretty far this year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you had mentioned something a little bit about the Badger East race for the boys soccer uh, championship. I'm gonna have to throw uh, the Monona Grove boys soccer program mm-hmm. into that mix as well too. I mean, last year Silver Eagles. Uh, we're definitely a tough out for a lot of teams, but this year I went to their first half against Sun Prairie East, and, you know, Ryan and I always talk about, you know, how, how does the split affect each team, and, you know, I don't know how Sun Prairie East, what their talent level like is returning, but uh, they were ranked 10th in the uh, Wisconsin Soccer Coaches Association uh, preseason ranking, and Monona Grove, uh, the very solid first half. Uh, Oscar Adame, two goals, and which just very solid the junior just was able to dribble through people left and right 
Uh, Nate Haberly also with a goal. He was their leading goal scorer last year, and so he returns as well too. And uh, Miles Cole as well too comes back, and he had a goal in that one as well too. So the offense was humming on all levels uh, yesterday. But also too, I want to give a little shout out to the McFarland girls tennis program. In our trial run, we had mentioned I had mentioned them as like my team of the week, but I'll mention them again. Uh, this week just because uh, they've just been very solid I think they've won all the quads that they've been in so far and I don't think they've lost a match to start off the year uh, the Maudlin sisters holding it down in two single spots and then also to uh, Anita Layu uh, doing a very solid job at number two singles and Kylie Meinholt as well to at number four so that very very solid program I'm going to that match tonight shoot some photos for a little bit before heading off to Monona, or, uh, Madison LaFalle to shoot Monona Grove versus Madison LaFalle. We love those Thursday night matchups for football. It helps just helps 100%. us cover just a little bit more ground because yeah. obviously, you know, we are trying to do the best we can with all the teams that we got. If you're doing two shout-outs, can I do two? Go for Cause, it. Because uh, I shout out Sun Prairie West Girls Golf uh, week one, and I, I feel like they really deserve that because, you know, talk about a program that's hit the ground running. First in- invitational ever at Watertown. They win it. Second one, their first conference duel ever. They win it. Third conference duel, Middleton's in it. So Middleton obviously takes first there. Pick up a second place. Fourth, or their, their fourth meet, it's an invitational down, down at Baraboo. They finish second. I mean, they've just hit the ground running. The Royal Sisters, Isabel and Sophia, have been fantastic. And, you know, senior Rebecca Perko has been fantastic. She shot, she shot an 84 down at Baraboo to tie Isabel for third place overall, I believe as Sun Prairie West took second behind Reed, Reedsburg. So, I mean, just, you know, a roaring start for the Wolves in girls golf, and I think they definitely deserve a shout-out as well. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I'm excited for, you know, not only week two of the football season, but we've got some other sports that start up, uh, volleyball, mm-hmm. cross country, and uh, I'm excited for week two. And so, yeah, that's going to do it, though, for this uh, week's first-ever episode of the Cap City Sportscast. Uh, I'm Callahan Steed, and for my colleagues Ryan and Peter, thank you guys for listening. If uh, yeah, basically look out for this kind of stuff uh, coming up here in the future. We're gonna try to publish every Thursday, and uh, tell your friends about it. Like, rate, and subscribe. I don't know if that's a thing, but leave <laughs> us a nice review on iTunes and subscribe it, to all our papers. Yeah, subscribe <laughs> to all our papers. Uh, read them. Tell your friends. Share them. We always enjoy it. And yeah, uh, for Peter and Ryan, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you.